Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. Proverbs chapter 3 has a couple of probably the most quoted verses in the Bible. Uh, two that are often referenced. Two verses that are of a great a great comfort, I believe, in many times, and, and they are instruction. If you read the book of Proverbs, you'll find that much of it is written as a, from the perspective of a father to his son. It is written from the perspective of a father to his son. Here in this first verse, in chapter 3, in fact, you'll see. It says, My son, forget not my law. My son. And we know that Solomon is the author of, uh, of this passage here, and Solomon speaking... As a father to a son, he is giving him words of wisdom that the Lord has given to us. And he's saying to his son, My son, forget not my law, but keep, but let thine heart, sorry, let thine heart keep my commandments. Forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. What's that? My commandments. He's saying, if you'll listen to what I'm going to tell you, and you'll listen to what the Lord is trying to tell you, it'll add some things to you. Verse 3, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Here in these four verses, I want to give you just by way of introduction a couple things about this, this lesson that Solomon is giving, that the Lord has given to us in this passage from a father to a son, uh, we understand that a father loves his children. A good father loves his children. Let me say it that way. A good father will love his children. A good father wants what's best for his children. Amen. A good father wants his children to have more and a better life than even they had. Amen. And I, I had a good life, and I, I've been blessed, and I had good parents but I want my kids to have an even better life than I did. You know, the things where I would look back and say, well, maybe we didn't have that or we didn't have this. I'd, I'd love for my kids to have that. And, and a good parent feels that way toward their children, but a good parent doesn't just give a child whatever they want. A good parent does not want their child to have whatever life they want because a good parent understands that sometimes what a child might want isn't good. Amen? Because I know sometimes what I want's not good. Amen. I don't trust me, uh, not at all. Can I tell you I don't trust me? There's things in my life and, and, and steps I've taken to try and protect myself from myself. Amen. Because I know that in me dwelleth no good thing. That's what Paul said. I know that I am wicked in myself. And I know that if the devil has his way, he wants to ruin my children. Amen. Y'all do know that, right? Y'all do know that the devil wants to ruin your children. Say, well, my child's only two years old. That's right. At two years old, he's already laying plans 
to ruin your children. Amen. He wants nothing more than to take them. And, and can I tell you, a good father wants what's best for their children, and a good mother wants what's best for their children, regardless of, of what that child may think about that. And that's tough sometimes, especially when you're a child. But that's what we're seeing in these four verses. The, uh, the author is going to give his son some instruction. And the things he's going to give him sometimes are tough. And here's what he tells him. In verse number 1, we see that it's a personal message where he says, My son. So not just anybody, it's my son. I'm talking to you. I love you. You know I love you. Now listen to me. Forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. It's a personal message as a father to his son to make it very clear who this recipient is. It's a pertinent message in verse 1 where he says, Let thine heart keep my commandments. And in verse 1 he says, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, Bind them about thy neck and write them upon the table of thine heart. When he says that, he is wanting him to understand what I'm about to tell you is important. Amen. You might sometimes say something to someone, to a loved one, or to a friend, and it really isn't that important. You know, it's just some small passing thing or it's just some little thing. But sometimes I will have to pull my children aside. <clears throat> I have to pull Peyton aside. She's four now. And and she's starting to un understand some things a lot more. And there'll be times where she'll say something or something will happen, and I feel the need to sit down and pull her aside and say, now, Peyton, I want you to listen to what I'm about to tell you, right? Recently, with the passing of my, my friend John, we were going to the funeral home, and Brooke and I sat Peyton down and had a talk with her about death and heaven and what that means. And she, she doesn't really understand that as a four-year-old. But it was important that, that she did know that he's in a better place. And that God is real and that heaven is real. Amen. And I sat her down and I was going to talk to her about something. I wasn't talking to her about what we were having for dinner. I was talking to her about something that is important. I said, you need to remember this. This is, you know, remember this. This is what happens when someone who's been saved dies. Because sometimes a parent, and that's just the context we're in, has to say things to their children. And it's not just something they're going to yell at them from across the room. But it's important. I want you to listen to what I'm going to tell you. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. He said this, bind them about thy neck. It almost gives the image of like a shackle, right? Something bound around your neck. I know some, some, people, some men, they hate these things. Any of y'all hate these things? They don't bother. I've worn them long enough now that I've pretty much gotten used to it. But y'all may notice every time I get up here to preach, I give one of these. Undo that button. Because you know what I don't like? I don't like the feeling of being choked. So if you're going to bind something about your neck, you know, that, sometimes it's going to cause you some discomfort. But you need it, right? I'm not saying I need this tie. But what he's going to tell him, he's saying, you need to tie it on where it's going to stick with you. Write them upon the table of thine heart. There are things that are in my heart. Things I'll never forget. Things my parents told me as a kid. Messages that I've heard in church. Things the Lord has shown me in the Bible things my wife has said, and, and important things that I've heard through, through the years of my life that are written, if you will say it that way, upon the table of my heart that certain circumstances will always make me think of a certain verse or will make me think of a certain event that happened in my life or if I see this and it's just a part of my heart that always comes back up. And here's what Psalm is saying. The things I'm going to tell you, you need to write them on the table of your heart. It means don't let it go in one ear and out the other. What I'm telling you is important. Then we see it's a purposeful message. Why? Why is it so important? He said this in verse number 2. He said, I want you to keep the, uh, let thine heart keep my commandments, 
For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. So he said, if, you're gonna, if you will listen to what I'm going to tell you, and you'll write it on your heart, and you'll let your heart keep these commandments, it's going to give you peace, long life, and length of days. That's something that a parent wants for their child, right? Every parent wants their child to, great, to outlive them. Amen. Every parent wants their child to have a good life of peacefulness. No good parent wants to see their child in turmoil and hurt and pain. Nobody, no, good, no good friend wants to see their friend in hurt and turmoil and pain. And the Lord does not want to see us in hurt and turmoil and pain. He wants us to have peace. That's what He wants. And he tells him, if you'll keep my commandments, you'll have these things. Verse 6, or verse 4, rather, I'm sorry. He tells him, so shalt thou find favor if you will keep mercy and truth around your neck and you'll write these commandments on the table of your heart. He said, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. That's something every parent wants for their child, or they should want for their child, is to have a good relationship with God. Amen. Every parent should want their child to be close to God. Every parent should want their child to read their Bible and to pray and to walk with the Lord and to please the Lord. Here's what he said. Thou shalt find, shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and men. So he's talking about favor and good understanding. First, that God will look at their life and God will be pleased. That's what we should want for all of our children. And that's what we should want for ourselves too. Amen. For we are all God's children if we're saved. Amen. And if we are, then we should want God to be pleased with our lives. And he said, not just of God, but he said God and man. That, that is what every good parent should want for their children, <clears throat> is that they have a life that is long with peace and good favor and understanding with God and with men. Solomon clearly understood the importance of the words he's about to share with his son, and so he's trying to tell him, what I'm telling you here is very important. And if you will take what I'm about to tell you, and you will bind it around your neck, and you will write it on your heart, you'll, you'll be much, much, much better for it. That your life will be longer. That your life will have peace. And that your life will have good favor from God and from men. So then let's see what he tells him. Verse number 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance, with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, Lord, for your son. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for our salvation. I pray this morning, God, if there be one here today that does not know you, Lord, that today would be the day that they be saved. God, I pray if there's one here in the service, God, who has strayed, God has ceased to follow after the Word of God, that they have, have lived a life for themselves, and God, they've walked away from truth, God, that you would draw them again to you. God, I pray that you'd fill me with your Spirit this morning. 
God, empty me, Lord, of, of anything in me that might get in the way. And God, forgive me, Lord, of any sin that I might have, Lord. And, and search me, O oh God, and see if there be any wicked way in me, God. And use me as an empty and willing vessel to preach this message this morning. God, how greatly do we need you in this hour and in this place. And I ask God that your spirit would have his perfect way in the service. We love you. We need you desperately. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> First... Solomon begins to discuss trust. And he begins to discuss in verse number 5 and 6, these two verses that are so often quoted, trust the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thy understanding. I just want to go through, through a few of these verses, not all of them that we read, but a few of them, and just give you a couple things that I believe the Lord wants us to see today and will be done. First, I want you to see this, this simple question. There's some questions, really, that I want you to ask yourself from this instruction that Solomon has given first, what has your devotion? To be devoted to something means that you love it intensely. Amen. If you're devoted to something, you love it intensely. Some people were devoted to UK football yesterday and experienced some serious pain in a really bad game. Amen. Some people were seriously devoted, if you saw it, you know, to uh, the, Georgia Bull, uh, the Georgia Dogs. Yes, it was Bulldogs. Is that right? Bulldogs. Georgia Bulldogs. Y'all are thinking, he don't know anything about football. Uh, and, I mean, seriously devoted. i got a good friend, preacher friend, who probably felt the Spirit of the Lord through the whole thing, and God wasn't nowhere in it, I'll tell you. But he's devoted to the Georgia Bulldogs. And I'll tell you, sometimes people get devoted to things, and when they do, it's because they love them. Amen. I mean, they love them. It is about desire and love and in this first, the first part of verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. The only thing that we give all our heart to are things we love. Amen? Oftentimes we'll see young people, teenagers, uh, they will throw all their heart at the first boy or girl that comes along and shows them the attention. Amen? It seems like somebody's like, oh no, is he going to talk? Yeah, that's right. Y'all, were y'all teenagers, some of y'all older folk? My goodness, I don't know how many girls, young girls as a young, stupid teenage boy that I threw my heart at who were not worthy of my heart. Amen. Amen. Boys and girls, they, they have a tendency, they just want to throw their heart at things, man. And you know that's what the world is for, your heart. They don't want you to like something, they want you to be obsessed. They want you to buy all the clothes for it. They want you to, to buy every, all the memorabilia. And I'm not preaching against buying memorabilia or whatever, anything like that. There's nothing wrong with liking things, enjoying things. But we should be careful what things we give our whole heart to. And in this passage, here's what the author is saying. The only thing that should have, the only one who should have your whole heart, all of it, is the Lord. Amen. That if the Lord has our whole heart, then when the right man or the right woman comes along, the Lord will show you. Amen. Because you're trusting in the Lord with your heart and not in what your eyes are showing you. Amen. Or what your ears are telling you. Can I tell you, you can't always trust what your eyes tell you. You can't always trust what someone says or what you hear, but you can always, always, always trust the Lord. And that's what he's trying to tell his son. Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Proverbs 23, 26, he said this, he said, My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. Can I tell you, that is exactly what the Lord wants us to do. To put our hearts in His care and watch Him and do as He does and He'll take care of everything else. Amen. What has your 
devotion. In order for us to trust the Lord with all our hearts, He must first have our hearts. So let me ask you first, what has the majority of your attention? So what does that have to do with anything? Luke chapter 6, verse 45, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And so the things that we love the most are the things we talk about the most. Amen? Like I was just saying, Georgia football, or maybe it's TV shows, or maybe it's books, or maybe it's work, or maybe it's whatever it may be, fishing or, or hunting, or whatever that thing is that you love in your life, you will talk about it. Amen. That's just the way it is. The things we love, we'll talk about it. Well, do you talk about the Lord? Outside of these four walls for an hour and a half on Sunday morning, do you think about God? Do you talk to God? Do you talk about God? Does He have your attention? Because if He doesn't, then He don't have your devotion. I mean, that's just a simple fact, isn't it? That if the Lord does not have our attention, He does not have our devotion. What has the majority of your attention? What has the majority of your affection? What is it that you most love in life? Here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 14. He said in Luke 14 verse 26, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Some of you, some, someone might take that verse out of context and go, What in the world? Jesus just said you're supposed to hate your parents and your spouse and your children and your brothers and sisters. But that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is this. God has to be first. Isn't that what he said? He said, whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me. He said, if he said, hate all these things, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple that means to love the Lord and to follow the Lord means that you will have to put Him over anything and everything in your life. Now, the Lord's not always like, you need to do this and you need to give that up and you need to give that up and you need to give this up. That's not how the Lord is. But there are times when we will have to choose between the things in this world that we love and God. It's tough. But if God has our affection then that's the way it'll be. Is it relationships that have your affection over God? Does, re does recreation have your affection over God? Amen. People put a lot more stock in a ball than they do in the Lord. People put a lot more stock in a deer than they do in the Lord. Amen. Because then we do things in life. Say, man, this preacher's really harping on stuff this morning. I told you, the Lord put it on my heart. Can I tell you, sometimes in my life, I find myself getting so caught up in the affairs of this life that the Lord begins to fade in my attention. He begins to fade in my affections. I go, you know what? I haven't really read my Bible much this week. I haven't really prayed much this week. But if I think about how much TV I watched, or I think about how much time I spent playing a game or watching sports or going out and hunting or doing this or doing that and fishing or, or whatever it may be that I enjoy or that you enjoy. And, and I'm not saying that you ought to keep a tally and make sure that you're always reading your Bible or praying more than you're doing anything else in life. But I am telling you this, it's a sad testimony when you don't even read your Bible, but you spent 12 hours watching Netflix last week. Amen. It's a bad testimony for you and for me. Because if we're giving the Lord all our heart, how come it's not showing? Does He have your devotion? Who has your devotion? Is it the Lord 
or is it the things of the world? Who has your dependence? Look at the rest of that verse. It said this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. First, we can see an affirmation of His steadfastness. Here's what we know. We can trust Jesus. You can. You can trust the Lord. I have put my trust in people, and people have let me down. Amen. You can put your trust in me, and eventually I will probably let you down in one way or another. You know why? Because I'm human, and you're human, and we make mistakes. And you can put your trust. I put my trust in my van. The other day I'd go outside. I had an eye doctor appointment. I thought, when I go outside and put that key in there and turn that key, it's just going to crank. And guess what? It didn't. It got a little bit cooler outside, and the battery said, nope. I thought I was fine. Nothing to worry about. That word trust, what it means, it's a reliance or resting of the mind in the integrity, justice, friendship, or other sound principle of another person or thing. It is a dependence on something future. I trusted that when I went out there and turned that key, it was all going to go just as it should. But guess what? It didn't. But I can trust the Lord. And I can trust Him with all my heart that even when things don't go exactly like I think they should, I can trust that He knows what's best because He has always shown me that that is true. It's an affirmation of His steadfastness. The Bible is very, very clear in one thing. God is faithful. And we can trust Him. Proverbs 18.10 The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Joshua 1.9 Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, Jesus said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Jesus is trustworthy. This is an affirmation of His steadfastness, that we can depend Him, and that He knows what's best, and that we can trust Him. Not only that, but we see it is in, it is in admonishing of our susceptibility, that we are susceptible to failing. The reason that this man is saying to his son, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, then he says this, lean not unto thine own understanding. It's because I can't even trust myself to make the right decision. Are y'all listening to me? I can't even trust myself to make the right decision. Amen. You know how many times I've made the wrong decision? How many times have you made the wrong decision? I mean, I, I make the wrong decision on what to grab for lunch. And then an hour later go, I made a huge mistake. Y'all ever done that? Every time I go to White Castle, uh, it's a mistake. Every time. But you know what? I'll go back. And it ain't because the Lord led me over there. It's because I like those cheeseburgers even when they're terrible for me. Amen. That's just the way it is. I can't be trusted to make the right decision. I, I mess up. I'm human, and I know that, and you know that. And while you would like everybody else in the room to believe that you are 100% solid as a rock and can always be trusted, you can't even trust yourself. Now, we ought to be able to trust one another, and we ought to strive to be like the Lord, but there is only one that we can always trust. And if anyone ever, including yourself, leads you in a way that is different than the way the Lord is leading you, they're wrong and He's right. 
Amen. That's it. This son that Solomon talks about, go back and read Proverbs chapter 1. You know what he had a problem with? Bad friends. He had a problem with people around him who told him what he ought to be doing and told him what he should be doing and tried to tell him that, oh, your dad, he don't want you, he just wants to control you and he just don't want you to do this or that. And he's trying to tell him. There are people, they're waiting and they're waiting for it. They said they lie and wait for blood. So he said that those people out there, they're lying to you. That even if they think they're right, the path they're leading you down is the path of destruction. Trust in the Lord. Don't lead to your own understanding. Amen. Talking about who has your dependence. Is it the Lord? Do you depend on the Lord or do you depend on yourself? Here's what Psalm said. Psalm 118 verse 9. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. That's pretty simple, isn't it? It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Verse 9. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Hmm. There are a whole lot of people in this world who think the answer to our problems is who's in the White House. But can I tell you it's not? There has never been, and there never will be, a President of the United States who I can trust. Now, that doesn't mean that there won't ever be a President who I have more trust in than this one or that one. But I can't trust that that President has my best in mind. I can't trust. They're all politicians. Amen? They're princes, if we want to call them that. And here's the truth. Sometimes they'll make decisions, you'll go, that's the right decision. And then tomorrow they'll make a decision and go, that's the wrong decision. Amen. All of them. Even your favorite one. Because here's the truth. You can trust in the Lord, and it's better to trust in the Lord than in princes. It's better to trust in the Lord than in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than in yourself or in your strength or in your car or in your job. God help us. Right now there's people all over this country who are now losing their jobs because of personal health choices. Regardless of what you may think about one way or the other or not, here's a stone cold fact. You can't trust in man. You cannot trust in man. You cannot trust in man. The only thing you can trust in is God. Who has your dependence? Is it the Lord or is it man? He said, lean not to thine own understanding. When we lean on something, that means it's responsible for whether or not you are standing. Does that make sense? Right? I go lean against that wall. If I got a bad leg or I'm tired or whatever, I lean on that wall. I'm doing so because I think this wall ain't going nowhere. But what if it does? You ever leaned on something found out it wasn't as stable as you thought it was? <laughs> yeah. Amen, I've stepped out on one of these feet before and found out it wasn't as stable as I thought it was. When you lean on something, you better know that it's going to hold you up. That's why you can't lean to your own understanding. Because sometimes I don't understand things. What's your, who, what has your dependence? Who has your dependence? What is your direction? Verse, verse 6 is what he says. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That word direct, the word direction, it, it, it really has a, a, a two-fold meaning. If you look at that word direction, one... It refers to your progression in general. For example, which direction are you heading in? Are you going forward or backward? Are you going up or down? Which way are you moving currently in your Christian walk? In Hebrews 12, chapter, uh, or in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, the Bible said this, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And he says, 
this. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So what does that have to do with this point? Very simply is this. When you're running a race, you are moving in one direction. Amen? If you turn around and start going the other way, there might be a sign that says, wrong way. If you're running a race, there is a point A and a point B. Here's the problem. When we set our own direction and we wind up going in the wrong way. Is that not right? In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. That our direction matters. And some people cannot say that rather than in, in, in fear of going in the wrong direction, they just decide not to do anything. You can't run a race if you're not running. You can't run a race if you're running in the wrong direction. Can you all see that? Not only do we see our progression in general, but we see our preeminent God. Here's what He said. He said, He shall direct thy paths. To direct is to point or aim something in a straight line toward a place or object to show the right road or course. Very simply, who is in control of your direction? Who's in control of your occupation? Your education? Your daily operation? Who is it that makes those calls? Who is it that's put you in the job you're in? Who is it that has told you who to marry? Who is it that's told you, you know, how to raise your kids or told you what to do here and what to do? Who is it that daily decides what you do, what your family does? Is it you or is it God? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. In what ways? All of them. All of them. What to do with your money? Ask the Lord. Where to work? Trust in the Lord. How many kids to have? Trust the Lord. Who to marry? Trust the Lord. Some would even say where to have lunch? Trust the Lord. Amen. So that sounds crazy. Or David Gibbs make the comment that maybe the Lord cares where you go to lunch because maybe He wants you to give somebody the gospel at this place and He set it up for you. And I thought, Don't, whatever, you're way more spiritual than I am, I guess. But it's true. If we're listening and we're trusting and we're leaning in all our ways, last I checked that word all is pretty all-encompassing. Well, well, here's the problem. Here's what we want to do. Well, I'll trust the Lord in like what goes on at church. When I go home, this is my house, it's my money, it's my job, it's my kids, it's my wife, it's my husband, it's my car, and I'll decide what I'm going to do with it. It's my Sunday, it's my Wednesday, it's my life, and I'm living it. Sounds like you're leaning awful hard to your own understanding. This father looked at his son, he saw a young man who was leaning in his own understanding and going in the way that he thought was best. And here's what he said in verse 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes. You know what a person does who is wise in their own eyes when a preacher preaches from the, from the Word of God and the Word of God disagrees? They say, I don't see it that way. You ever heard anybody say, I don't see it that way? It's interesting, isn't it? He says, be not wise in thine own eyes. It's about what you see. Oh, well, I don't see it that way. That preacher preaches on this, I don't see it that way. 
Ah, they talk about this. I don't see it that way. Well, it sounds like you're pretty wise in your own eyes. But what's the Word of God say? Because if we're trusting in the Lord with all on heart and leaning not on our own understanding, then we're trusting what the Bible says. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. We're trusting what the Bible says. His Word is a light unto our feet. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. His Word is. His Word is what shows us which path to go down. And if we won't listen to that, we are trusting in our own eyes. We're trusting in our own wisdom. And we are not leaning on the Lord. Let me ask you this. Can you see your current destination? I've asked you, who are you, who are you dependent on? Who are you devoted to? What's your direction? And hopefully you've answered those questions in your own heart and you know where you're standing, but let me ask you, let me have you just, just pause for just a second. If you keep going the way you're going right now, where are you going to wind up? From Sunday to Sunday, the way you're living at home, the things you're doing on a regular basis, the way that you are towards your children or towards your spouse or the, the frequency at which you go to church or how often you read your Bible or how often you pray or whether you listen to God or not. Just, just you in the last week, the mode you're in, the path you're walking on, if you do not turn left or right and just keep going in the same direction you're in right now today, where are you going to wind up? Will you be in church in five years? Will you be in this church in five years? Will you be serving God in this church in five years? Will you be in God's perfect will? Or will you be sliding by in His permissive will and praying for mercy? Will, you, will your family be in God's will? If the things that you are allowing to come into your home right now, you continue to allow those things for the next 5, 10, 15 years, where are your children going to be? Are y'all listening? The author said this, I, I'm, not just going, I'm, I'm not just saying something because I think it sounds cool. It's not just a catchy phrase I'm giving you. What I'm trying to tell you is this, I want you to know something because if you'll listen to it and you'll write in your heart, it'll give you length of days, it'll give you peace, It'll give you favor with God. But if you don't listen, well, I could turn you over to a couple more verses here and show you that there is a way that seems right to a man. The end thereof are the ways of death. That if man continues to do what he thinks is best in his eyes and ignores what he knows God is telling him, there's only one destination that's headed, and it's death. Physical death, spiritual death, the death of your family, and, and, and the death of, of everything good in your life drained out because of you rejecting the truth of the Word of God and rejecting the direction that God's trying to give you and what you know is right because you just don't see it that way. There's only one thing that we can trust, and that's God. And that's this. It's God. This is God. And God is this. And these are His words. If we can't trust this, we can't trust anything. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And the answer is nothing. Can you see your current destination? How many people, if you stay on the same path you've been on for the last year, how many people in the next 10 years will you reach for the Lord? How many people will you reach with the gospel if you keep down the same path you've been on 
What state is your relationship going to be in? What state is your relationship with God, relationship with your family? Where are you going to be? If the answer is, well, it ain't good, I've got some good news. You can course correct today. The reason that this author is saying this to his son is not just because it sounds good, not just because he thinks it's good and he's smart. It's because he wants him to stop and turn and say, Lord, what do I need to do? Trust in the Lord with all his heart. Lean not to his own understanding. Acknowledge the Lord in all his ways and ask the Lord to direct his paths. And if he will but do that and he'll just, verse 7, be not wise in thy own eyes. He said this, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Here's what he said. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. This knowledge must spark a change in us. This ain't a message you need to take home, mull it over and think about it, stick it in your pocket. Oh, I probably ought to do something with that later. Oh, you need to deal with it right now. You need, you need to, I mean, it's a simple, this is a self, it's only a question that you can answer for yourself. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what your neighbor thinks or what your husband thinks or what your wife thinks. You need to ask yourself a simple question. Am I following God? Am I trusting the Lord? Or am I leaning to my own understanding? Am I acknowledging Him in all my ways? Am I or am I not? Where am I headed? Am I headed down a dangerous path? If you are, there'll come a moment. If you don't turn, if you don't course correct now, there will come a moment in your future where you'll look back right now. And you'll go, God was trying to tell me then, why didn't I listen? It's mercy. It's grace. Right now, God's giving you mercy. Right now, God's giving you grace. And he's saying, pay attention. He's saying, acknowledge me. Follow me. Quit following yourself. And if you do, it'll be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. It'll give you length of days, peace, and favor with God. But if you trust in your own way, and you go your own path, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, the end thereof are the ways of death. Let's all stand. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.